0: Hello to all of you and welcome to lesson 186. And we're getting very close to being halfway through the lessons. So stick with this. Sometimes you might think, why do I have to keep doing this? They are so repetitive. Remember, all the things we repeated all of our lives that have not been true and accurate and helpful about ourselves and others. So this is simply reversing that trend. So comparatively speaking, we're spending a small amount of time rewiring a huge amount of misinformation. So hang in there. (laughs) You're going to like the results. So this lesson says, salvation of the world depends on me. And with all of these, it uses symbolic language to try to point to what cannot be described. So here is the statement that will one day take all the arrogance out of every mind. This is a thought of true humility that holds no function as your own except what's been given you. (laughs) It just asks us to accept this part assigned to us without insisting that we have another role. It does not judge your proper role. It just acknowledges the will of God. That which is inevitably so is done on earth as well as heaven. It just unites all wills on earth in heaven's plan to save the world, restoring it to heaven's peace. And of course, this language means bringing us back into our right mind. So it says, don't fight your function. We will not, any of us, fight our function. We didn't establish it. It's not our idea. The means are given us by which it will be perfectly accomplished. All that we're asked to do is to accept our part in genuine humility. See, we have a lot of confusion about that word, humility. And don't deny it with self-deceiving arrogance about, oh, am I worthy or not? What is given us to do we have the strength to do? Our minds, the sense of self that we are are suited perfectly for the part assigned to us by one who knows us well. And of course the one who knows us well is our very own self. Now today's idea might seem quite sobering until you understand its meaning. All it says is is that which created us remembers us, is paying attention to us and offers us perfect trust that he holds in us because we are simply the Father extending itself. How could there not be perfect trust? It doesn't ask that we in any way be different from how we are right now. What could humility request but this? We are a perfect fit for whatever is assigned to us. And what could arrogance deny but this? So today we're not gonna shrink from our assignment on the specious grounds, that means grounds without any foundation, that modesty is outraged. It's pride that would deny the call for God himself. So we're gonna lay aside all this false humility and listen to God's voice, that intuition, reveal to us what he wants us to do. That's why listening to your intuition and guidance is so important. We're not going to doubt our adequacy for a function that he's going to give us. (laughs) And we're going to be certain that he knows our strengths, our wisdom, our holiness. And if he thinks we're up for the job, we are. And it's just arrogance that judges otherwise. Because after all, remember, he is us. (laughs) There is no separation. So there's one way. And listen to this. Only one way. Isn't this great? We don't have to figure out between 57 different options. To be released from the imprisonment that our ego plans to prove that the false is true has been brought to you. So accept the plan that we didn't make and don't judge its value. If God's voice, if intuition assures us that salvation needs our part and the whole depends on us, We can count on the fact that this is so. Only the arrogant must cling to words, afraid to go beyond them to experience that might affront their stance. This is an ego issue. Yet are the humble free to hear the voice that tells them what they are and what they are to do. So arrogance makes an image of yourself that's not real. This is, of course, the ego structure, that set of programming and conditioning that we're all burdened with. And it's this ego image that quails and retreats in terror as the voice for God assures us we have the strength, the wisdom, the holiness to go beyond all images. We're not weak. As is this little image of ourselves, we are not ignorant, we are not helpless, and sin, some kind of permanent error, some kind of crime that we think we've committed, cannot tarnish the truth in us, and misery cannot come near the holy home of God. All this, the voice for God, the Holy Spirit, relates to us, and as he speaks, this ego image crumbles, and seeks to attack this threat. It doesn't know. It just senses its basis is crumbling. And it is. So just let it go. Salvation of the world, this finding our way back home, depends on us and not upon this little pile of dust. What can it tell the Holy Son of God? Why need be concerned with it at all? And so, we find our peace. We will accept the function God has given us, that love has given us, for all illusions rest upon this weird belief that we can make some other function for ourselves. Our self-made roles keep Shifting and they seem to change from mourner to ecstatic bliss of love and loving. We can laugh or weep and we greet the day with welcome or with tears. Our very being seems to change as we experience a thousand shifts in mood and our emotions raise us high indeed or dash us to the ground in hopelessness. Is this the Son of God? Is this the expression of all that is? Could he create such instability and call it Son, call it an expression of himself? He who is changeless shares his attributes with his creation, i.e. we have the same attributes as the Father. Now we've heard this over and over and over again. All these images that the sun appears to make have no effect on what he is. They just blow across the mind like windswept leaves that form a patterning an instant, break apart to group again, and scamper off. Or like mirages seen above a desert, rising from the dust, these unsubstantial images of ourselves will go and leave our minds unclouded and serene, when we finally accept the function that's given us. These images we've made, these egos, give rise to nothing but conflicting goals. They're impermanent, they're vague, they're uncertain, they're ambiguous. Who can be constant in his efforts? Or direct energies and concentrated drive toward goals like these? The functions that the world esteems are so uncertain that they change ten times an hour at their most secure. So what hope of gain can rest on goals like these? In lovely contrast, as certain as the sun's return each morning to dispel the night, our truly given functions stand out clear and wholly unambiguous. There is no doubt of its validity. It comes from one who knows no error, and this voice is certain of its messages. They're not going to change. They're not going to be in conflict. All of them point to one goal, not a gazillion different changing goals, and one we can attain. Now, our ego plans may certainly be impossible, but God's can never fail because he's the source. So do as God's voice, as intuition directs. And if it asks a thing of us that we think is impossible, remember who's doing the asking and what the ego mind would make denial. And then consider this, which one of these is more likely to be right? the voice that speaks for the creator of all things, who knows all things exactly as they are, or this little distorted image of ourselves that's confused, bewildered, inconsistent, and unsure of everything. Don't let that voice direct you. Hear instead a certain voice that's going to tell us of a function that's given us by our creator who remembers us, who is us, and urges that we now remember him. His gentle voice is calling from the known to the unknowing. That's us, our being, so asleep. He would comfort us, although he knows no sorrow. He would make restitution, though he is complete. A gift to you, although he knows that you have everything already. He has thoughts that answer every need his son perceives although he doesn't see them. For love must give, and what is given in his name takes on the form most useful in a world of form. These are the forms that never can deceive because they come from formlessness itself. Forgiveness is an earthly form of love, which, as it is in heaven, has no form. Yet what is needed here is given here as it's needed, in this form, we can fulfill our functions even here, although what love will mean to us when formlessness has been restored to us is even greater still. And forgiveness, of course, this earthly form of love is our letting go of our grievances. So salvation of the world, this finding our way home, depends on us who choose forgiveness. This is our function here now. Wonderful lesson, impossible to miss if we pay any attention at all. Have a great day practicing. Goodbye for now.